Uh-huh. You were thinking about... Miriam. Uh-huh. And that he was, like, orchestrating the whole, like, getting them out the window to shine a metal dish so this light would light up his face in the light of the moon and saying we, that you should do a play that's just his shenanigans, but that he's so, like, not just... Oh, I like to help people. Oh, and I've fallen into this situation where it's all very strategic, and then it can be called a welcome <laughs> because he's not even in the in the movie. No, he isn't. So give him his play, but he's like slightly more conniving about it all, and somehow is orchestrating uh, JJ's entire life. Maybe. Oh my God, he's just behind the scenes yeah, the entire time. He's like he writes a letter to Javert, being like anonymous tip. You should go to Paris. You'll find him at this house. So, like, reverse wicked, where... <laughs> yeah. Maybe he wasn't wicked, but he definitely wasn't as, like, innocent the entire yeah. time. Oh, oh my God. God. But he's still, like, um, he's still really nice. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah no, he's, and like, still using... is a positive. But, yeah. like, the whole, like, Godfather and you, <laughs> but that, like, maybe he's, he's using it for good? Or even just to, like, watch what this boy gets up to? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, my God. I was on the bus, like... And it's called Welcome, and it's in lights. <laughs> and the candlesticks. What era? Like, modern, oh. or... I was just imagining it, like, exactly canon. the yeah. canon. canon era. Yeah. Uh-huh. Canon era, uh-huh. like, fuck, it can't... And then you'd have bits, like, not the actors of the actual part of main part of Lemers on the stage, just, like, the occasional shouted word off stage, <laughs> just so you know where in the actual play yeah. you would be. So, yeah, like, it's just um, someone's Rosen- just like, Lamarck is dead! And everyone's yeah, like, whoa. <laughs> like, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Yeah. Have you seen that? No. It does the same with Hamlet, but it's oh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Oh, you were telling me about this. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, sometimes some of the background characters will say the line that they come off stage with, and then they'll like continue what they were oh. saying. So it's like, oh yes, we need to talk about how to go to court. Uh, so let's talk about how we need to go to court. Yeah. You know what you're saying about the, um, like... It's it's all about how he's how he's made all of these things happen. Like something I've been thinking about a lot is like uh, like I've been talking to Nemo about. There's a cool RPG game that I've been um, a role playing game game. Pin <laughs> <laughs> number <laughs> that I've been thinking about. That's like got like the super cool mechanic for like like you encounter a problem and then you have like a flashback for like how you have already got around that problem before you've actually come to it. Like, I just had, like, the like coolest mental image. <laughs> like, and there was actually just someone with a mirror. <laughs> At Layman's West End. Please don't sue me. <laughs> TM, TM, TM. TM, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. With copyright, a... copyright. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and make money and buy yeah. They all have to wear latex, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, my God, though. Uh, I can help, but <laughs> you know what that means. <laughs> it's all leather and latex from here. Yes! Oh, I'm so excited for this play. But it's gonna be like, oh yes, no, they're in they're in 100% real life um, period wear, but it's all made of latex <laughs> and leather. We can do that, it's achievable. <laughs> no, but people would come. <laughs> and do they and work. would come. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be quite as um, hyperactive this episode as I was last time.
Men introduction like three times which is how often i change my hairstyle wait sorry who are you sorry you change your hairstyle all the time i do that all the time yeah this is grace your primary source (laughs) they them pronouns today i got called part of the fantastic five Famous Famous Five. Famous Five. I'm super tall and gangly. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a Famous Five. (laughs) Oh god, I just got this image of like five children in a boat with a dog and they're just all limb. (laughs) I imagine them like a spackle. This is Stevie, your secondary researcher, and I had cool ideas about Les Mis on the bus, and I um, dressed more summer than usual, and I've got flowers on my arms. It's really cute. Between and on my shirt. shirt and the arms, you look like a And flower. there's a bee necklace pollinating the flowers, but it's actually kind of pollinating between the hydrangea and the red pink daisy thing man so yeah that's a thing are you she her pronouns and i'm jade's mom (laughs) (laughs) okay so we're going straight in okay fine cool oh yeah no i haven't prepared any secondary research (laughs) hey hey that's never stevie's fault Hey, it's my fault because I never read anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, why are you holding the book, Nemo? <laughs> it's not me. No. I'm Stevie. Oh shit! Fuck. Yeah. We could have bluffed this. Zeal. Zeal. Oh no, you can't say it. No, there's a funny bit. I want to say it. <laughs> no, you can say it if you want to. He does a funny thing. There's a funny, there's a funny thing. You don't know anything, Nemo. (laughs) Carry on. (laughs) That's unlike you, Stevie. (laughs) It's too much. I can't remember who I am. (laughs) Okay, so. Oh, God. Do we have to stay in character the whole time? No. Yes. yes. Okay, I need to remember who each of you are. Okay, you're me. You're Grace. You're Stevie. Yeah. I'm Nemo. Can't you see the voluptuous hair? <laughs> yeah. Voluptuous? <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean I do have to read that thing out? Yeah. Yeah. Say it like I would say it. Yeah. I, say it like Grace would say Say it like that it. person would say No, that... Oh, say it... Oh, God. Say it like you would say it. <laughs> say it like you would say it. So this is fun. <laughs> Honestly, I just came out to have a good time. I'm <laughs> honestly feeling so attacked right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> Can you be great? 
what it okay you try being grace and then i'll try being grace and we'll vote <laughs> who's the better grace i've already said my one grace bit monsignor <laughs> <laughs> monsignor do you know where the silver blanket is yes said the bishop <laughs> i'll stop being mean <laughs> leaned really far away from the mic and probably started talking more quietly. You know when someone says something and you're like, oh man, you remember that I exist? This feels like, this is like the biggest backhand compliment ever. You kind of notice the things that I do. So I'm going to take that and I'm going to take that one nice thing. <laughs> Why? Was that all of the funny things? It's not, And it wasn't a, I mean, I like the idea of a silver blanket. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> We need to stop this before friendships are broken. I feel like it's less bad for you to do it than for me. Yeah, we've known each other for a long, we've known each other a long time. Do you do you want to? Yeah, no, you want to go? <laughs> because Grace likes you. Right? It's kind of arguable with me. Are you ready to pull this out? Like. I have a game plan and everything, but I'm just so terrified about how ready I could do it. It's fine. I feel like I'm here to be roasted. Just be ready for each of you guys to have a roast. I'm always ready to be roasted. That's fair. I don't know if I can read this as myself, Grace. So I will read this as Stevie, who cannot read with inflection. Monsignor, Monsignor, do you know where the silver blanket is? Yes, said the bishop. Thank the Lord. I couldn't think what had happened to it. The bishop had just retrieved the basket. Was it basket and not blanket? Mm. It was basket! <laughs> Okay, cool, interesting. <laughs> I look at the shape of words and my brain's like, probably. It was a silver basket. The bishop had just retrieved the basket from one of the flower beds. He handed it to her saying, here you are. But it's empty, she exclaimed. Where's the silver? So it's the silver you were worrying about, said the bishop. I can't that's tell it. you where that is. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny <laughs> yeah this is really interesting because in that thing i read uh that one time you were saying and i haven't read the book so i don't know <laughs> but uh um i kind of got the idea that wait sorry <laughs> um actually so i was at um a lgbt conference the other day, and I was speaking to this woman who was um, the director of, of productions at the BBC. And actually, she added me on Twitter afterwards. Oh, I found it now, I found it. No, wait, no. I... Yeah, no, this is it. Um... Uh, a lot of religious Christian shit went down in this period. <laughs> um, it was maybe Protestant, but also maybe Catholic. <laughs> was Muriel Catholic or Protestant? <laughs> I hate you, Stevie. <laughs> I've got my sweaty little fingertips all over that page. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> the stress of it went straight to... Grace was here. Yeah, for real. You're an amphibian. I am. I'm so sweaty. That was so, like, nerve-wracking. 
So Nemo is a fish. You are an amphibian. Um, I'm a bird, maybe? So, in the last chapter, Jean Valjean stole the silver and then left the house. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Timmy. That was a good contribution. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got for you all. Um, they realise that the silver is missing and then go to Monsieur Bienvenu who knows that it's missing and is looking in the bush because when Jean Valjean dropped the basket it fell on one of his plants. <laughs> this is that scene in The Wire where they're looking for the bullet and they just go outside the window and they just sort of root around it. You haven't seen The Wire. <laughs> There's, like, one of the most famous scenes, which I really hate, but it's, like, shown in Screenwriting 101 because they just say fuck for, like, five minutes. They're like, fuck, 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 motherfucker, fuck. And it's supposed to be, like, you can tell exactly what's happening without dialogue, so mm. really a writer is pointless. <laughs> um, well, dialogue, you know, just keep it straight and simple. You don't need to have long things, blah, blah. Um, so after the scene, they, like, work out that the bullet would have gone outside, and so they, like, go through the window, and they just go to the lawn outside, and they, like, just flick around the grass, grass and they're like, mm, Fuck. The bullet. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Fuck. And they find the bullet. But I just imagined Barry, <laughs> Muriel going outside, being like, fuck, 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 motherfucker. Fuck. You know, like, looking outside the window and being like, motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, that is the opening scene of Welcome. Yes! <laughs> yeah. Like, like, oh no. So it's like you know the um, the opening of like like Beauty and the Beast or something. So it's like he's in bed and it's like, and he's like, ah, and you see like one of the min like one of the sisters or like one of his minions. Oh no, one of his mafia boys. Like like with a mirror like shining. <laughs> Stops. Looks to the alcove. Fuck. Goes round. Opens the opens the like the 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 drawer. Goes. Fuck. And then just keeps going round. And he gets into the garden. And goes. Fuck. Looks at the wall where one of the stones has been dislodged. As he's going, he's like. Fuck. And then sees his cochlearia and he's like. Fuck. And like. Yeah. yeah. That's how I can see it so clearly. <laughs> And maybe you're playing Muriel. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Just pretend to be Jade and everything will be fine. It'll be so yes. straightforward. Thanks. <laughs> 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 I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, Madame Magloire goes all like, Oh, shit, where's the silver? Boy's, boy's taken our silver. This terrible stunk scumbag has taken the silver. This is the worst thing that could have possibly happened. And the bishop is like, in the first place, was it really ours? That's cool. Communism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, is she not just like, yes? <laughs> no, see, that's the thing. <laughs> because property is theft. <laughs> Basically. But no, yeah, so um, Madame Magloire is like, <laughs> um, yeah, like, meh. Um, 
and after a you know dramatic silence, the bishop continues. It says, um, "I think we were wrong to keep. It. I was wrong to keep it for so long. It belonged to the poor, and what was that man if not one of them?" Which I think is really interesting when you compare it to the fact that we know that the silver was his only indulgence. So I suppose we knew that he saw it as an indulgence and that kind of thing, but yeah, I think it's cool that he lets it go and stuff. <laughs> the end! Yeah. <laughs> Grace just closed the book and I was like, okay, well, that's all I've got to say. Okay, good night, folks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess this would have been a better place for that source I used ages ago. About this is when. Oh, fuck, I don't even know if I that up. I knew I could remember well enough. <laughs> you gotta do it. Become, become yourself. Be yourself. I've shaken the pen. I've done everything. I've done all of the things that I do. Well, I've already I... talked about it in a past episode. Yeah, fair enough. I just. It just would have been better here. I just saw as you flick through just in all caps no not even oh. that one I just saw in all caps just bitch fight that's <laughs> 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 just all I saw there's like a fun bit immediately after that where it's like but what are we going to eat with because we don't have our solid silver <laughs> <laughs> get some plastic forks from Marks and yeah, Spencer Jesus yes, Jesus <laughs> like and um, is it like an interesting word choice here where um, yeah Madame Maglore is like but what will you eat with and um, and he looks at her in seeming astonishment, so which is different. Pretending to yeah. be astonished, like, and I just think that's like an interesting affectation that he's seemingly astonished because it almost gives the impression that he knew, right? Like he knew how she was going to react, like from mm. this whole, like everything before, and you can almost see him, like, rehearsing that in his head. Mm. Like, in the, like, like, we could just eat with pewter. Like, it, like. <laughs> he reminds me a lot of, um... I was trying to think, like, that reaction mm. reminded me of something, and I was like, ah, fandom Valjean. Like, that is how fandom Valjean reacts to things, with, mm. like, seeming astonishment. And, like, me? A little shit? <laughs> no! <laughs> I would never. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing, it's like, because, like, it, you could literally just have, he looked at her in astonishment, and, like, that's, as soon as you put the seeming in there, there's just such a different sentence. He's gotta let us know he's being a little shit. He's being a little shit, like, yeah, so he's, oh, there's always pewter in Magloire. He's like, oh, pewter smells. Well, then iron, iron has a taste. <laughs> then, says the bishop, wooden forks and spoons. And then there's, like, this salty bit afterwards where they're, like, eating breakfast, and he's like, well, you don't even need forks and spoons for, for <laughs> dipping bread into milk. <laughs> and considering that's the only thing we eat. <laughs> Literally, like... Yeah, Madame Magloire is, is going like, oh, like, how can, you, how can you expect any other when we let, like, scum like this into our house, basically? And the thing that... The, uh, she says, the mercy is that we were only robbed. It makes me shudder. And... <laughs> The best thing about that is that we knew that he will was thinking about murdering them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yeah, but you knew um, 
we're going, we're changing this a little bit. But um, he had basically he had that big spike, right, and was actually thinking about fucking killing. Them. <laughs> like, he, was, he was actually thinking about actually killing a man. Actually, going to just fucking kill them. <laughs> so yeah, so it it takes us back to that mm. actually quite scary bit in the last chapter where where he was sitting there hanging over the bishop's bed, like, hmm, should I just kill this man? Like, right behind Grace's head, they can't see this, there's like a hammer in a in a cup, <laughs> but like, as you were saying it, I was like, that would kill Grace well. <laughs> Those, my friends, are called intrusive thoughts. <laughs> They're not unusual, unless you act on them. Yeah. Everyone has them, that's fine. Don't let them stress you out. Yeah. Don't necessarily act on them. I I don't think I would act on it. <laughs> so last chapter was Jean Valjean's intrusive thoughts. The chapter. Yeah. But also, they've mentioned in the past that the women do shudder at night with worry yeah. when he's away. So that makes that yeah. a bit more real that they almost were murdered. Just as they worried yeah. about. Yeah, because, you know, we were kind of laughing, like, get a grip, like, come yeah. on, why are you shuddering at Victor more feminist but no there was a murderer in their house <laughs> the fact that he was like you know in their house was a choice that the bishop made without cons- consulting them but mm. relied so solidly on his impression of goodwill in humanity and I suppose that shows how strong he believe how strongly he believes that Goodwill out. Goodwill out. (laughs) I think if he was any less, if he had any doubt, then he wouldn't be a good person. Or, like, he wouldn't be the saint that he is. Mm. Because if he entertained for a second, then, you know, then he's got prejudices. Do you think in our play they were Mm. making, where he's orchestrated this all, it reaches a point where Jean Valjean is standing over him with the stick and he's like, Oh shit! I have like miscalculated. And he's just there in bed, like, well, fuck. Just gonna have to see this one too. I'm imagining like a shadow behind him, like doing this, and he's just staring to the audience, like, mm. oh! <laughs> no, but that's the thing is, you know, um, when Jermaine walks through the door, like it, like there's the super loud squeak, and we were like, oh, there's no way he wasn't fucking awake. Uh, there's no way he missed that. So that's the thing. He like squeaks, and he's just like. <laughs> Looked into the camera. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe he's been monologuing just before the scene about how he's so sure that this is foolproof and nothing is going to go wrong. But what would be even funnier is if, like, the thing happens and he's, like, super excited. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I get to confront a murderer in front of my very eyes! Like, he's been going to the mountains and, like, trying to meet the vagabonds and whatever, but, like, vagabonds isn't the right word, um, the vagrants and stuff, and being like, ah, I'm gonna yeah. meet some murderers, I'm gonna show them God, it's gonna be great, <laughs> and, and then he, nice like, never them. finds anyone, and so he's like, there's a murderer in my house, he's got an ice pick, oh my God, he's standing over my bed, <gasps> are you just gonna steal a silver? God! <laughs> I get to put my philosophy into practice! <laughs> He's there with a sermon clutched to his chest, ready. To He's reach. like waiting for Santa. Like, ah, ah. is Santa gonna murder me in my sleep? <laughs> so, at this very moment, someone knocks at the door, and 
four people just burst into the room. How rude. Well, you know, you can't really be bursting if the door is open at all times. The door opens to disclose a dramatic group. <laughs> da <Da-da! laughs> So they all come in. It's, uh, yeah, no, so the gendarmes come in like... <laughs> and like, Jean Valjean, like, because it's Jean Valjean, by the way. They, he does that again, where it's no like, way. Uh, it's, it's Jean, yeah, by the way, it's Jean Valjean. It's Jean Valjean. <gasps> it's Jean And, and, uh, in... In the musical as well, like every time it's like who like there's someone with a hood and it's like who is this mysterious figure? And then he like like you know the football slide where someone scores a goal <laughs> on their knees and like someone like holds a sign that <laughs> just like with a big arrow that just says Jean Valjean <laughs> Or like in big neon letters above the stage and it's just like Jean-Valjean! Yeah, the equivalent of like you know the time dragon in, yeah. in Wicked and it's just like <laughs> So this guy walks in, mm-hmm. it's Jean Valjean, and the um, head of the gendarme, who, like the police, I figured, should have looked it up, but I didn't, and um, he begins, Monseigneur, and we are reminded that Jean Valjean thought he was just a priest. Mm. He was just a, like, local village priest. So Jean Valjean goes like, wait, Sorry, what? I thought thought you were the village vicar. And the gendarme is like, be quiet. You're speaking to the bishop. This man has met Napoleon. Yeah, like, this man was put in power by Napoleon. Like, like, yeah, so that's a big old deal. He looks crushed and woebegone and raises his head in stupefaction. Stupid mix of words. Carry on. Crushed, woebegone, and stupefaction. (laughs) What makes you say that? (laughs) Which one of us is crushed? What was the third one? Stupefaction. Stupefaction. I want to be stupefaction. (laughs) Oh no, you can be stupefaction then. I'll be woe. No, crushed. I like crushed. I like woebegone, so I feel like... Yeah. Stupefaction. Yeah, I feel like that could be a good band name. Long. Yeah. It's it's C W S, crushed, stupefied, and woebified. <laughs> woebified. <laughs> so the bishop is shuffling along like, oh shit, fuck, what the f- <laughs> shit, fuck, oh shit, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> and tits. Um, again, in the musical, I'm pretty sure by this time he could have only still just said fuck. Fuck, motherfucker. We get the shot of him in the bed and he's just like, fuck. (laughs) The people come in, they're clicking. Jean Valjean shoots out in between them and he just goes, fuck. (laughs) And um, our boy turns up and like, you know, we're expecting all the bullshit. And it's like, what's going to happen? And it's super tense and serious. And I don't know if... (laughs) Can you imagine? Don't remind me. <laughs> there's loads of there's loads of lame references in that song. It's Take really me good. to see both of these things. Yeah. Oh yeah, Hamilton tickets were really easy to come this, by. And it's just so affordable. We'll go and see Lame Is though. <gasps> yeah. We haven't done a special in a while. <laughs> so along comes Mr. Welcoming and uh, <laughs> it's like oh, my friend. It's so good to see you again. You forgot. I gave these also. 
Would you leave the best behind? <laughs> and offers them the candlesticks. Which are silver like the rest and worth a good a good two hundred francs. Did you forget to take them? And I think it's we're in such a like a state of like hilarity. It's just such a super touching scene. <laughs> it's really emotional. Because <laughs> like Jean Valjean is just completely he's I think is still in like quite a disassociative state and is just dumb like dumbfounded, has like can't say anything about it. And the um the sergeant is is you know, they establish is like, ah, oh, but we found him. I'm am I am I to understand that he was telling the truth? And of course it you know, it's a bit of a, a lucky situation that the bishop thusly assumed that the story was gonna be what it was and all that. But um Yeah. You mean, said the sergeant, that we can let him go? Certainly. The gendarme released Valjean, who seemed to create to cream. <laughs> <laughs> they will come. <laughs> I was so upset at yourself. <laughs> so he seems to cringe. Um, <laughs> this is cringe culture. Saying cream instead of cringe. <laughs> Am I really allowed to go, he said, mumbling the words as if he was talking in his sleep. You heard, didn't you, said the gendarme. But this time, you must not forget your candlesticks. And I wonder whether, because he's like, he's talking in his sleep and he's being woken by the light of the candlestick and the bishop, who is full of light. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> um... Yeah, so he, Vajan is shaking and distracted and um, Bishop says something sarcastic. And now go in peace. Incidentally, my friend, when next you come here, you need not go through the garden. This door is never locked. And then the gendarme leave. And um, this is a very important quote, which I'm about to read out. I just wanted to put some parentheses around it in my book. Um... Do not forget, the bishop comes up to him and says in a low voice, by the way, kids, do not forget, do not ever forget. It was the low character voices. Come <laughs> on, Jesus. Do not forget. <laughs> do not forget. Do not ever forget that you have promised me to use the money to make yourself an honest man. Gee, thank you, sir. <laughs> Basically, uh, the bishop's speak, yeah, is. Your Majon, my brother, you no longer belong to what is evil, but to what is good. I have bought your soul to save it from black thoughts and the spirit of perdition, and I give it to God. <laughs> to God. To God. <laughs> so, yes, I wonder whether what they're doing there is there. Uh, the idea that by giving someone the amount of money that they need to live, he doesn't need to sin anymore. I mean, yeah. yeah. Basic pay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah. Which, you know, you go, well, yeah, but, like, that still doesn't happen yeah. now, yeah. right? Like, yeah. 
but the the uh, the the you know the language is is talking he's talking about buying your soul to save it from the black the black thoughts and give it to god you know the, i i have bought your soul for god but i wonder whether what he means by that is giving someone the money that they need to be able to live without sin again leaning into what he you know has been talking about throughout the book by saying that society creates criminality it's society creates criminals by not a lack like by treating people badly by oppress oppression and not giving people providing for people the means through which to live yes <laughs> great <laughs> that's all i've got to say on that <laughs> i was thinking of the like um Money can't buy happiness, no, but it can pay my bills and pay off my student debt, which would make me pretty damn happy. Yeah, <laughs> and mean that I could, like, eat three meals a day yeah. and stuff, like... If I was to write a douchey essay about this, <laughs> <laughs> then I'd get into the monetary value of buying a place in heaven that was, like, quite big in the Catholic Church at this point. But I don't want to take away from that. It's, it is clearly actually this nice thing. Mm -hmm. No, but I wonder whether as well it could be a reference to that. Mm. If you want to maybe like explain what the I remember we talked about it before. Because we, when we were talking about whether he was a Catholic or a Protestant, yeah. we were talking about like how fancy his place looked. Mm. Because you would try and use that to decide whether it was one place or the other. Yeah, that was one of when there was the big divide between mm. Catholicism and then these other offshoots was it it was so like you could sort of do whatever the fuck you wanted and then you go to the priest give them some money mm. and they'll be like I'll put in a good word I'll like you've paid for 100 prayers after you die so you'll mm -hmm. get out of purgatory quicker <laughs> kind of thing yeah where there was such especially at that time mm. you, you kind of can't fully take the money away from the Catholic Church, which, but mm. I, I guess that is what actually he is trying to do right here. Mm. But then I guess it would hold, because for Valjean, he doesn't really have anything to his name and stuff, so it would mm. make him commit to an idea. Like, it sometimes it can be really intangible, and if he was just like, oh, you know, I've given you the spiritual lesson, now go off into the mm. world. Mm. But he has this, like icon of guilt which does come up later every time mm. he looks at the candlesticks or every time he looks at his mm. brass mm. cross or whatever he is physically reminded which like yeah, mentally so guess, reminds him yeah he is like he has literally bought my good place in mm. his own words mm. so i do have to keep doing good mm. but then even so even throughout valjean doesn't ever i don't think he ever actually believes that he's going to heaven i think he always thinks that he's a criminal he never I don't think he ever thinks, oh, I've got a place in heaven, mm. so, you know, mm. I'll just keep doing good things. I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think Valjean, like, ever sits on his laurels, rests on his mm. laurels, and is like, oh, yeah, you know, I have a place in heaven now, so I can just be chill and maybe do good mm. for others. Yeah, like he's paying off the debt yeah. that he's already yeah. had loaned to him at this point, But it's, like, maybe? unpayable for him. Yeah. Like, it's so immense that he never thinks he's going to mm. pay it back. I wonder whether it's like an inversion, uh, a, a play or uh, social comment by Victor Hugo 
on the idea of like you know being able to buy a pardon which was a thing all the way from like middle ages and stuff mm. in britain wasn't it it was like a big it's a big theme in as i remember the canterbury tales and stuff yeah like, so there's a lot of that sort of thing i wonder if it's a inversion of that um showing like to show again how muriel turns the idea of the catholic priest on his head by buying he's he's bought a pardon but he's not bought a pardon for his for himself he's bought a pardon for mm. someone who he's truly needed it posted bail yeah mm. he's yeah funded jean valjean's go fund yeah. me <laughs> yeah uh, basically like, yeah yeah i pitched to you uh-huh eval there uh-huh good place au uh-huh uh-huh. Because he doesn't think like he doesn't think he deserves to be in the good place. Wait, is this Valjean or Javert? Spoilers for the good place, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no, because because Javert would think Javert would be Tahani or whatever, right? Yeah, because he like, thinks yeah, that I he's in the, in the good place. place. Yeah. Actually, while we're on this slightly vague tangent, I wanted to ask you something. That's been on my mind for a really long time. <laughs> in a Valver. Mamma Mia, eh? <laughs> Who would everyone be? Because uh, I'm assuming Cosette would be Amanda Seyfried. Segan. What Friedel. now? Why would uh, okay. Amanda Seyfried no, be okay. Cosette? Why would. So then in you... what world would Amanda Seyfried ever okay. be Cosette? But then who is Valjean? The mum? Um. Or one of the dads, is he Colin Firth? Because, and then Javert is Colin Firth's pool boy boyfriend? No. He can't be just... That's not very interesting. He, he doesn't even get a line. Yeah. Right. He'd never but, shut up enough to be that character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so then, what about Javert? Like, is he one of the Colin dads? Firth? Is he Australian no, outback like, guy? Yeah, I feel like maybe he would... Well, Muriel would be the, the bishop who oh, is confused and to marry someone. Yeah, Ptolemies would be one. Oh, that's so exciting. Do they all no. want to get with Jean Valjean? That would be. See, that's the problem I was having because yeah. that would be weird and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, you don't, I don't want to write. <gasps> Unless. <laughs> Unless? AU where the three potential fathers come. Fontaine is Meryl Streep's character. Cosette mm. <gasps> is. And then Fontaine's friends. Mm. I just thought, what if Valjean was one of Fontaine's friends? That's what I was thinking. And because the one that gets with one of the other dads. The Australian right? yeah. 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 The, I can't... What, fuck, what's the song? Uh, if you change your mind and go to the Western line, take a dance on me! And also... I'm like a lone wolf. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay. So then, the other dads. One of them is Ptolemy's. We can change the the characters a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't need to be, like, exactly... It's just... I mean, you could just... Like, there's a wedding and it's on a Mediterranean... Mediterranean (gasps) I had a realisation the other day. It's called Mediterranean because it's in the middle of the earth. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I can't remember where we were. We were around the limits. No. We were around Mamma Mia. We were talking about limits. We were definitely talking about limits. No, but then we, we went from Mamma Mia to a good place. Oh, mm. religion and buying his thing. Yeah. Muriel just bought yeah. Jean Valjean. Yeah. 
Do you want to still talk about Mira's just bought Jean Valjean <laughs> in his I leather? Mean, I'm sure that a that fig probably exists. Uh, there's the Javert one, but not a. I'll write one. it just to upset you. <laughs> Thank you. And thus we move on to chapter thirteen, which is entitled Petit Javert. So in this chapter, <laughs> um, you Jean Valjean. Runs away. Again? As he is wont to do. Um, you know. If you change your mind, I am still free. <laughs> yeah, I'm still free. Take a chance on me. What's interesting here is that Bishop Muriel actually has taken a chance on him, and that's why he's still free. And this has been my TED talk. <laughs> this In is this my lecture. PhD. Oh my god, I can do my PhD on this. <laughs> yeah, you can. And then the supplement would be, I don't know if there's a supplement for PhD stuff, but I feel like on the side you could be like, also here's my script. <laughs> <laughs> it's called practical research or research yeah. by practice, I think. Yeah. Also on the side, here's my script <laughs> for. Who they would each be in a Mamma Mia review. <laughs> nice. With a suggested cast list. <laughs> Call me Doctor. <laughs> oh. I mean, it would make it easier to fill in forms because you can't put MX on fucking forms, you can put Doctor on. How to hack being non binary. <laughs> Do your PhD. <laughs> Change your title. Who is the young one trying to get with the older? The older friend. It's, oh, that's... Well, uh, it'd be whoever's Fontaine's other friend who isn't Jean Valjean. Yeah. He's the, like, cougar. Well, it would be uh, Montparnasse mm. as the dancing queen, but who would Montparnasse's daddy be? <laughs> Slash mommy. Yeah, um, I can only think of the Tenardiers, and I'm like, nah. nah. It might be funny if it was just Valjean. Because there is a scene between them later. Every time I think we've been as goofy as we can ever be, we find a way. Burnt bread and burnt barricades. <laughs> mm, profond. <laughs> profond. It means deep in French. Does it? Yeah. Profound. <laughs> yeah. No, but I saw that and I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> so every time someone's like, it's so profound. Like, literally, all someone's going, oh my god, that's so deep. Yeah, literally. <laughs> it's, not, like, it's one of those things where it's just like, ah, uh, you used a synonym. <laughs> <laughs> that just means that. <laughs> Sometimes the things that are more expensive are worse. <laughs> so basically, John Verzon's having a meltdown. Um, he's like, like, stumbling through the undergrowth, like, oh, oh my god, like, because he's so, like, in, basically, the hard shell that he's <laughs> created through all of his years in prison, where it's all, where, like, he's hardened his heart, and he's in this, like, dreadful calm, which is a direct quote of what happens later on. Mm, yes, 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 yes. Um, it's it's just starting to rupture. So oh, yes, yes, he's yes, feeling yes. he's starting to feel things and <laughs> it hurts so much. That is so profound. It's like so deep. <laughs> so deep. 
Oh, I spat everywhere. <laughs> so one page, Stevie's like clammy hands. Next, <laughs> it's just crazy. It's it's so great. Like, and then between you... them is the cream. <laughs> <laughs> Look. <laughs> Great. <laughs> all my Terry Pratchett books is all just little curried fingers <laughs> through the ages. From like the age of seven, you're just like, God, lay it over each other. <laughs> she never learns. It's so great. I want to leave fingerprints on the book. Do you want to leave it on the Putty Gervais page? There's yeah. a description of you on this page. Okay. I'll read me. It's like the bottom. If it's your spit and my yeah. sweat, it should be your yeah. tears or something. Numa Martin. Yeah. A boy of ten was coming along the footpath, singing as he came. He carried a viel, a kind of small hurdy gurdy, <laughs> slung over his shoulder and a box with his belongings on his back. One of those gay and harmless <laughs> children. No, sorry. One of those. Gay and harmless child vagrants, generally, generally chimney sweeps, who go from village to village with knees showing through the holes in their trousers. Now, I've never owned jeans with ripped no, knees. No, that was the thing that, it was honestly just a bit like a small gay boy. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> now and then he paused, still singing, to play at bones with the coins he was carrying, tossing them in the air and catching them on the back of his hand, which I did for about two years. That was a pot, you know, I was thinking about that last night. I was like, oh man, maybe I should learn some magic tricks. And I just like had like a visceral flashback to that time in your life where you were just like, I'm going to learn magic tricks. And like all you did was the thing where you tried to flip the, the coin, coin between your knuckles. Because yeah. magic is my biggest fear in <laughs> Like in this whole world. To be fair, it wasn't magic that I was no, trying to learn. It was just like, like the, basically the Magneto stuff. Yeah. Like. <laughs> they probably represented his entire fortune. And one was a piece of forty sous. He stopped by the thicket to play his game without having noticed. Are you saying this loud enough so that... Without having noticed, Jean Valjean. Thus far he had caught all of the coins, but this time he dropped the forty sous piece, which rolled in the direction of Valjean, who promptly set his foot on it. The boy had seen where it went. Without appearing in any way disconcerted, he went up to him. Which is fanfic 101. There are too many he-hims in this. <laughs> like, he went to him. You have to start getting to the one with the sapphire orbs. Oh, God. God. The oh. smaller man. <laughs> um, Monsieur, said the boy, with a childish trustfulness that is a mingling of innocence and ignorance. Here I've written comparison to people. You're not going to be able to make any sense of my weird notations. And you missed the bit. The, with the light and stuff. Yeah, no, I saw it was highlighted and decided <laughs> not to read it. The boy stood with his back to the setting sun, which lighted his hair with gold threads of gold and cast a red glare on Valjean's brooding face. Which is just like the biggest bullshit, right? <laughs> like, like... That's the equivalent of like the 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 moonshine lit up the bishop's face <laughs> and cast Valjean's face into shadow. It's like the golden halo of this small innocent boy playing games and singing as he skips along the path, casting a red glare onto the demon face of Valjean, who snarls. <laughs>
What's your name? asked Valjean. Petit Gervais, Monsieur. <laughs> Clear out, said Valjean. Please, Monsieur, said the child. May I have my money back? Did you ever listen to, like, like tape? Cassette tapes yeah. of like them reading like kids. <laughs> like Roald Dahl was literally the Roald Dahl ones I'm thinking of. Jean Valjean lowered his head and did not reply. Please, Monsieur, <laughs> my money! The boy, the boy cried. He began to cry, and Jean Valjean, who was still seated, raised his head. His eyes were troubled. He stared with a sort of amazement at the child, then reached for a stick and cried in a terrifying voice, "Who's there?" And um, I'd just like to point out what Grace has uh, written in the side here, which is, what is happening? <laughs> Honestly, no. But that's literally how, like, how, like, what is happening? Like, literally what is happening? <laughs> oh. oh, wait, I didn't leave any fingerprints. Oh, that was the point of this. <laughs> I'm just going to so end up leaving another one. <laughs> What is happening? Yeah, what is happening? I really... Oh, you re- yeah, you left your mark. Good job. Um, yeah, what... That was Stevie from Posse. <laughs> <laughs> Probably was. I thought he was going to, like, no. pick up the coin and give it to the child. No. The kid, like, the kid is like, hi. What I think is interesting. <laughs> Is that there's like a big contrast between, you know, when he's in Dean basically, and he's saying, "Oh, hi, can you know, can I stay here? Can I stay here? Can I do this?" Everyone immediately looks at him and goes, "You can't stay here. Like, clear out. This, that, and the other. The difference. Clear out. Clear out. Yeah, literally. Um, between them and this young boy who doesn't have the societal preconceptions." That these guys have, they he sees this vagrant who has literally taken like put like put his foot on his money, and and just goes up to him and goes, "Oh hi sir, how are you doing? I see you got my coin. Can I have it back, please?" Yeah, so it, it's like it's such a contrast between the people in Dean who like immediately judge him and kind of it shows from what happens later because Valjean doesn't give him the money back. What? He, At the end of he, this, he keeps his foot on the coin, and the little boy. Like yeah, after the, the you know after the what is happening, <laughs> like um, he goes, who's there? And um, Anger McDango goes, it's me, Monsieur Anger McDango. <laughs> Only me. Give me back my forty sous, if you please. Will you please move your foot? Then the boy grew angry, small as he was, and his tone became almost threatening. Move your foot, can't you? Aren't you going to move your foot? Are you still there? Said <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly standing up, but still keeping his foot on the coin. Damn you, clear out! The boy looked at him suddenly frightened. And then, after a moment of stupefaction, he turned and ran. Stupefaction. Stupefaction. Woe begone. Crushed. So He's after- such a dick! Oh my god, no wonder everyone in Dean was like, stay away! Well, this is the thing. Like, there's... It's real interesting that he... This little boy comes along with this, like, this super innocent, like, in... You know, he he has this chance to to show this this small boy that he doesn't need to feel this way about you know what is literally described as a vagrant, I guess, and gives this boy a reason to be afraid of him immediately, like shouts at him, threatens him with with his stick. There is that moment of lost innocence. 
couple of episodes ago we were talking about how impulse actions or something like that and I was like oh a thing comes up soon about impulse actions and you were like it's the boy and I was like yes the boy this is an impulse this is action. the boy. boy this is the impulse oh. yeah yeah mm. he learned nothing from the bishop what was he about to learn from the bishop the sun had set and the shadows are closing in around Jean Valjean which I don't think is a metaphor for anything, but it's beautiful <coughs> setting the scene. Um, yeah, um, he's feverish and distracted and all this and the other. While his breath came slow and unevenly, his eyes were fixed on a spot in some yards in front of him, as though he was wholly absorbed in contemplating a blue fragment of broken pottery lying in the grass. It's a metaphor for the child he just broke. <laughs> I hate how you read that like you were reading erotic fiction. <laughs> yeah, my boss makes us listen to a lot of that. And it was literally the exact same voice. <laughs> it started with the while his breath came slowly and evenly and I was expecting it to like be a bit more inappropriate and it just wasn't. Also, if you need to hire me to read any erotic work, I'll do that. I need money. <laughs> Contact Nemo. <laughs> Podcast at gmail.com. In this book that we're reading, The Pottery, The Smashed Innocence. The Smashed Innocence of the Pottery, which is blue. Um, and <laughs> because then, boys are blue! Because boys are blue! That's just how it is! Um, and then he pulls down the peak of his cap, which I don't know if you remember, he puts on his cap before he goes to murder the bishop. <laughs> His murdering cap. It's his murdering cap. <laughs> no, but it. I, I don't know if you remember. At the time, I was wondering whether it's like him hiding his face from God, or like you know, it casts his face in it's shadow. Putting his hoodie on. Basically, putting his hoodie on. He puts his shirt on. Why? Was it? Why was it? Where did it come off? <laughs> Tried mechanically to fasten his shirt over his chest, and then stooped to pick up his stick. So that boy wasn't afraid of this big shirtless man. He's a really small man too, like so big, and also has like his prison number on yeah. his chest. Maybe he's been weird. shirtless this whole book until this moment. <laughs> it hasn't said otherwise, because we saw his glistening hairy chest. Yeah, Chekhov's gun. <laughs> Chekhov's glistening small <laughs> chest. Basically, he stoops to pick up his stick, and then. In doing so, his eye caught the glitter of the 40 sous piece, half buried by his foot in the earth. It affected him like an electric shock. What's that? He muttered under his breath. And basically he realised he did this, and it's like, it suddenly actually hits him that he stole this money from a small boy. He goes, oh my god, and starts walking after the boy, and he calls after the boy, and he goes, put your fist, put your fist, and there's no reply, and he's... Like there's like a keen wind blowing and everything picks up and it's all like, oh my God. Yeah, he starts, he breaks into a run and he's like shouting and screaming after this small child. <laughs> and it literally notes, if the boy had heard, he would have certainly hidden. <laughs> and then, interestingly, we, he meets a priest on horseback. And he goes, oh, did you see where the boy... The bird circling above, just as they were circling above Jean and... I was going to say Javert. It's just yeah. instinctual to end that with Javert. Yeah. He goes, oh, have you seen the little boy go by? And the priest goes, no. Like, His name was Petit Javert. And he's like, no, I haven't Petit seen Petit Javert. 
was like, what? That's his name. And I was like, oh, no. That wasn't his name. I think that's how you've been saying it this whole time. So, this is actual Javert's backstory. That's why he hates him yeah. so much. Yeah. Wow. A-U-S. <laughs> um, mm, he's a bit mm. young, huh? Rajon takes two five-franc pieces out of his pocket, which is like... Quite a respectable amount of money if we consider like the boy lost 40 sous, which is less money than a franc. And that's all I have to say on that and how much I know about French currency at the time. And um, he gives it to the priest and says, For your poor, Monsieur Curé, like the bishop. The bishop does that, <laughs> he gives money to the poor. Yeah, good job. That's all I have to say about that. And um, he says, Oh, are you sure you haven't seen the boy? And, and the Curé is like, no, I haven't seen this, like, random fucking child. <laughs> like, no. He's like, his name was Petit Javert. And he's like, I don't, like, I don't know, I don't know this small child. And he gives him some more money again. And maybe this'll remind <laughs> you. Wink. <laughs> Leans forward, presses the <laughs> coins into his hand. Roll persuasion. Um, and it start, I feel like it sort of starts off as a, like, oh, I'm growing to be more like Muriel, but I wonder actually whether it's more like the original version of what Buying Your Soul would have been referencing. I wonder it's it's him trying to... Buy his guilt. Yeah, buy his guilt away, mm. basically. I, I only stole 40 sous, but I'm going to give you 10 francs. 20 francs. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. And he goes to um, the curie, Monsieur l'abbé, you must have me arrested. I'm a thief. And the priest is like, <laughs> and just like kicks his horse and just gallops <laughs> And there's a horse. It hasn't been one for a really long time, so I thought I would. In You're um, just like, tick. <laughs> Sorry. In my old notes system, where I used to highlight them in different colours when they were different things, there was a colour just for horses. <laughs> In our play, Muriel's been watching from the bushes, <laughs> sees this interaction <laughs> with the kid, and is like, For fuck's sake, bro! Calls another priest for saying, like, I need you to walk by him and make him feel Give guilty. Give him a again. chance of redemption just right there. He has like, already yeah. fucking forgotten. Okay, go. <laughs> okay, he's given him some Did money. It. Great, so that's fine. We can, we can work with this. And maybe that's work. the end of the play. <laughs> You're like, well, that's as good that's, as it's going. Yeah, that's, that's all we get. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, so he like um, he keeps running um, after the where the direction where the boy was going. Keeps hollering, Petit Javert, Petit Javert. And then again mumbled, Petit Javert. <laughs> so faintly that the words were scarcely audible. And this was his last attempt. His legs suddenly buckled underneath him, uh, as though some unseen power had struck him down with all the weight of his guilty conscience. And, um... You know, mm. you know why? Why? He hadn't had enough petty fellow, until his bones weren't strong. Finally, at a place where three paths intersect, <laughs> he collapses and thinks about his moral crossroad. <laughs> Oh, coincidence. <laughs> so, it's just that, you know, that real light literary handling where you mm -hmm. just barely... It's just, you don't even notice it, really. It's so subtle. It's just that, that expert handling of this is just what makes this book stand apart, really. Yeah. It's just wonderful. Um, and he puts his head between his hands. Nope. 
His head between his knees. <laughs> a hand between his head. And he exclaims, Vile wretch that I am. And he cries for the first time in 19 years. Um, yeah, he cries and um, he's in the sort of this like fraught state of mind where, again, he's sort of like suppressed all of his emotions for so long. And um, there's a cool bit that I like. It was obscurely, he perceived the priest's forgiveness was the most formidable assault he had ever sustained. That if he resisted it, his heart would be hardened once and for all. And that if he yielded, he must renounce that hatred which the acts of men had implanted in him during so many years and to which he clung. And it's kind of, again, ramps up the, like, the stakes of it, or the, it makes, you know, makes things more pressure. It's the idea that he could realistically fall down on either side and come back and be worse than ever, be, like, um, yeah, um, that he must either become the best of men or the worst, rise even higher than the bishop himself, or sink even lower than the, the felon, reach supreme heights of goodness, or become a monster of depravity. And it's just, you know, it all keeps escalating all this <laughs> real important stuff. Suggests that he's still not sort of totally self-aware that this is happening, which is interesting. There's lots of tension. There's another fun metaphor of him being dazzled by the brilliance of daylight after a period of total darkness, which represents the goodness of the bishop after him coming out of prison. And like we didn't get that the first time, he then says, like an owl overtaken by a sudden sunrise, he was blinded by the radiance of virtue. Yeah, it's a, um, although he did not realise it, that he was no longer the same man, everything in him had changed. It was no longer in his power to behave as though the bishop had not spoken to him and touched his heart. So, yeah. Have I lost everybody? Is anyone still here? Like, yeah. I'm like... Um, Sorry, I haven't had an intrusive thought for a while. <laughs> so, yeah. I was trying to like, keep yeah. quiet yeah. so yeah. it didn't happen. Cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Had it been a last stirring of the evil generated in him by prison, a lingering impulse akin to what the physicians term latent energy. And then later on, there's another, like, I say later on, like a paragraph later. Um, it talks about the last misdeed having a decisive effect. It piercingly dispelled the chaos in his mind, separating light from darkness and working upon his spirit like a chemical reagent introduced to a turgid solution, which clarifies one element and precipitates the other. It's just like... Him being like... I know science. I know about science. <laughs> <laughs> you had that one by the way. <laughs> there was a chemical, and it made the other thing do a thing. <laughs> mm, I don't know how jet is made, but it would be cool if it had something to do with because Vajran later you kind of find out that he knows how to make a lot of things and you know he does know like processes and like smelting and stuff like that. It would be interesting if this is how Jet is made because something that Vajran can understand. The the language is using something that Vajran can understand. Why Jet specifically? Jet is what so the what rosaries yeah. are made out of jet. Ah. So that was a stone they it is, yeah. It's, but I like I think it's an igneous. So they because in prison he learnt how to make jet really efficiently. Mm. He realised that this factory could make a lot more beads from this process that they had used. Mm. Um, mm. 
And so they made them out of jet and the business boomed because yeah. they could make cheap but like really glossy like really high grade yeah. stuff mm-hmm. in a short amount of time. So it'd be interesting to know about like what I can't remember what time the um the mm. Enlightenment was when the science age. Yeah, the yeah. science age basically. I wondered whether that's him just being like, but this in is touch with that same period. Uh, like, like Isaiah, mm. I really want to do the science and literature episode. Mm. Mm. Say yeah. in like Middle March, mm. they used microscope and everyone was like. <gasps> I think Jet is an igneous rock. It's no one does when uh. Woody material are burned in sediment, buried in sediment, and coalified. Oh. It's not obsidian, right? It is obf- obsidian. Is it obsidian? It only makes me think of narrative fanfics. <laughs> the colour of Sasuke's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is from um, trustworthy site healingcrystals.com. Amazing. Shout out to healingcrystals.com, our sponsor for this episode. <laughs> From Tracy, 2009. Even more credible. (laughs) Hey, can you tell me the difference between jet and obsidian? Hi Tracy, so happy you liked the article, and doubly happy for the pics online. It makes a real difference when you can see an example, doesn't it? I feel like we missed the context (laughs) of this that made this, like... Jet is a gemmy variety of lignite, a lightweight type of coal, (laughs) which retains the structure of an original wood. Coal is defined as a sedentary rock, blah blah blah. Jet normally has a matte-like finish. Obsidian is a type of volcanic glass. It's classified as a rock, not a mineral. Uh, the quick cooling process leads to what we know as obsidian. Obsidian is heavier than jet. It polishes to a really fine shine if tumbled. So both are technically rocks. Um, at least they're both rocks. <laughs> oh my god. I hope that helps a bit. Please feel free to email with further questions if you like smiley face. With love and crystal blessings, Christy. Christy. Christy with a K and an I. <laughs> Not with a Y? No, Christy an with I is an I. A lot, is a lot. Wait, cri- a, a Y and I at the end. An I at the end. Oh. Yeah. K R I S T. Oh, I no. was hoping it was oh, a Y, no, a y, y at the beginning. Yeah, that's right. what I thought you meant a Y at the end, and I was like, that's not nearly no. a Christy. Oh, Christy. Oh, Christy yeah, with, Christy a, with a, a Y. But maybe two Y's at the end. But then if she has used an I. It could be a rock as the dot on the eye. Wow. Oh, should we send each other? What was yeah. that? Happy crystal, crystal vibes. Love, love and crystal healing. Or crystal love, love and, and crystal, crystal blessings. blessings. We've already all forgot. Yeah. <laughs> Happy crystal <Yeah>. feelings. <laughs> Next time in the group chat, I'm going to be like, "So, are we having a session this week? Love and crystal healings." <laughs> x x x x. Obsidian, jet, science. Process. Science. Sometimes, when you put one chemical with another, stuff happens. And that's about as much as Victor Hugo knows about science. Mm. Cool. God bless him, he's trying his best. Sometimes <laughs> we... crystal healing, Victor Hugo. <laughs> yeah, after the, like, the latent energy thing. <laughs> Physicists talk about latent energy, and that's what the last stirring of the evil might have been. Like the physicists say. And then it could have also been something less. That's... <laughs> Thanks, Victor. <laughs> but I guess we'll, we'll never, never know. know. <laughs> yeah, he says, oh, um, it may not have been the man, but 
It was the animal which, from habit and instinct, had brutally set its foot upon the coin. Not even just normally set its foot upon the coin. It brutally <laughs> set its foot upon the coin. <laughs> like, mm, really did that. Um, while the man's intelligent wrestled with the new and dumbfounding thoughts. Yeah, so he record, he realised what he did and it's all terrible and that sort of stuff. Um, we get, like, basically a breakdown of everything that's happened in this chapter and, like, why he was doing it. Flashback in the same episode is <laughs> happening Literally in. flashback in the same... Literally, it's like, his immediate impulse had been... And it's just like, yeah, I just read... This is what happened in Naruto after a while because <laughs> yeah. they were like trying to catch up. Are you trying to, to this? <laughs> were you? What were you paying at? He has like an out of body experience. Sees himself as a flesh and blood man, stick in hand, clothing bedraggled, knapsack stuffed with so stolen goods on his back, darker face and darker still of thought. Valjean, the felon, and then he sees a light. And you know who it is? The light. When he looked more closely at the light growing in his consciousness, he saw that it had a human form. Oh my god. And that it was the bishop. So, you know in Wicked when Garlinda comes down on her bubble thing, this is like in our musical. Varjon is like standing on stage and he's like, oh, I brutally stepped on that coin. And then he looks up and just... Oh. It descends in the bubble. Someone's pulling <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Fuck! I was imagining it more like the moon from Bear and the Big Boo. <laughs> <laughs> also valid. Yeah. <laughs> I just had a really like hyper real like visualization of what Stevie said. But like really close up of the moon, the big, the big face, googly like, eyes, and they're singing the goodbye, goodbye, Hello, big bear, blue bear. Are you going to bed? I don't remember what they used to say. They were weird and flirty. Yeah. That's all I remember. Fajon would be yeah. the bear. Um, so. so when's the um fanfic? Yeah. <laughs> bear in the big blue house. Are you? The bear in the big blue house. Are you? We all crave. <laughs> I show up to the fandom <laughs> I know what you've been craving. <laughs> you know, um, Fajon walks past Javert, Marius over his shoulder, covered in, <laughs> covered in shit. When all this is over, you will find me at the big blue <laughs> Moon in your solitude. Easy to count, I guess. <laughs> because there's only one. <laughs> and it's really quite large. <laughs> Do you never wax and wane? This is a really cerebral, <laughs> complex, literary, edgy comedy <laughs> Is Barry the Big Blue House only in England? Probably. Cool. You will look that up. Yeah. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. What? Well, just a reference to just a Google images search. Very no, 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 good. I want that end song. song. Yeah. yeah. I guess. It's been in my head for the last few weeks. I don't know why I hate it. That was why it was the first thing that came yeah. to your mind. It's been How waiting for this moment. Good. How does it go, Stevie? Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Good friends. Goodbye. Goodbye.
<laughs> and the little rat boy, like, bye! Oh my god, yeah. Which we never finished anything else for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you managed to get this one done, it's like, five years later, was that Whitechapel <laughs> fit? Who knows? Yeah, so his mind considers the two men presented to him, the vagabond, the felon, Jean Valjean, and the glowing bishop in his mind's eye. And, um... Only the first could have overshadowed the second by a singular process special to this kind of ecstasy. As his trance continued, the bishop grew and gained splendour in his eyes, while Jean Valjean shrunk and faded. A moment came where Jean Valjean was no more than a shadow, and then he vanished entirely. The bishop alone remained, flooding that unhappy soul with radiance. So... That's that. The bishop wins that, and so he. But in case anyone thought it was going to end up with him becoming the darker, it was the darkest timeline <laughs> of of Les Mis, where yeah, he he becomes a good guy, and he cries. He's still crying a lot. He cries just so a long. I cry. Long time. Oh God, do I cry? <laughs> the revolution. <laughs> Is there anything else important here? Um, he cries more. Um, a new day dawns in his spirit, a day both wonderful and terrible. Uh, why would Victor Hugo create so, some, something so sublime and monumental and end it there when he has when? at least 500 more words to work <laughs> with? Yeah, you've got to remember this is Victor gilding the lily Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vicky gilding the <laughs> Hugo. Crystal blessings. Gilding the moonstone. (laughs) (laughs) He has like a flashback through all of his life in in case, yeah, in case we couldn't remember what happened in his life. He sees himself as Satan, bathed in the light of paradise. He keeps crying. He's still crying. Me too, honestly. Um, And then, this is weird. This is weird. This is quite weird. Where did he then do... On the same night, the sage driver from Grenoble, passing through the cathedral square in Dean at three in the morning, saw a sh- in the shadows a figure of a man kneeling in the attitude of prayer on the outside of Monsieur Bienvenu's house. So he goes back? Yeah, probably. He goes back to cry. Yeah, yeah and, and to be like... He probably couldn't go in again. He probably went to go in and be like, please give me your forgiveness again. I have done fucked up. <laughs> done diddly done hectic. Yeah, but then he doesn't go back in again, maybe. Yeah. But also, you've got to bear in mind, it just says he saw a shadow. It wasn't necessarily Jean Valjean. <laughs> Who it could, could it have be? been anyone. It could have been anyone. Is that the page when people are like, you can skip the beginning of language? They're like, oh no, he gives you a sweet ass <laughs> yeah. summary. <laughs> Pretty Jesus. much, yeah. That's all I got for you, kids. No, I thought you were going to say it was weird because it just sort of faded away into the distance, and I was like, no. No, that's how he does. <laughs> that's, that's what's going to happen. I was trying to remember what happens directly after this. I honestly... Waterloo? Louis the no, 18th. Waterloo is not next. Oh. We're at Fontaine. We did it. We did it. We did it? We, I mean, yeah, so after this, Valjean pisses off again. We did it! We did it. We're at Fontaine. Oh, the sad stuff's coming.
the interesting thing is, is that like after all that bullshit where it's like, oh, society is the worst, it really ends with an image of hope and redemption. And then it's going to go straight, straight into straight society <laughs> is into the worst. Society is the worst. Yeah. Spoilers for the next... <laughs> The whole book, book. yeah. yeah. <laughs> the rest of the rest, the of, rest book. of this book. This is Bren Barricades, a layman's podcast. It was produ- produced by me, Nemo Martin, and Julian Yap, who also does the transcripts, um, which you can find in our show notes. Um, it was a Captain's Collection podcast. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, quibbles, you can email us. Uh, email us um, lesmispodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at Lemur's Podcast or on Tumblr, breadandbarricades.tumblr.com. Our audio was produced as our audio was directed by Jade. You can find at wasabi-playground.com. She also composed our intro music, which you can buy from her website. Woo! It's great, you should do that. We have a Kofi if you are able to donate so that Stevie can go to the library, that would be really great. Love and crystal healing. Love and crystal healings. Thank you for listening.